Zach is back. Oh, did Zach that, did attack. Hurt you? Zach I might have just had the crack I needed. There you go. Just my voice just cracked. My voice cracked Joe's back. There we go. The Zach attack. I feel like there's a lot of rhyming happening Zach right Zach now. Zach attack. Yes. Back crack. Zach is back. Uh, Zach Gorchow, he's going to be our guest on the Cold Up No podcast this week. Uh, Zach, I don't have to introduce Zach to the people no. who listen to this podcast. He's been on like 100 people times. People know. Yeah. Like I said, he's been on more than Stephanie. Um, <laughs> he is the executive editor of Gong Renew Service, and he is our guest this week on the Cold Oatmeal podcast. Uh, <laughs> Didn't your microphone break when we were. No, I was an idiot. I think I had something muted and wasn't paying attention. You okay? It's my allergies. Literally, I have COVID. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> funny. I don't have COVID. Jimmy got tested. You couldn't have I'm like edited that better. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his. It's, on his it's desk always right here. here. It's always here. And by the way, the the, the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like one to ten. I mean, it's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, there's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it. But it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your? Say that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. It is the Zach Attack. Zach, Zach Attack. Zach is back. Episode. This is making me think of Saved by the Bell. Have you guys seen that? I never watched Not that. Not Saved by the Bell, but there's like a Zach Attack thing. On oh, there. is there? Yeah, something like something like that. Okay. You can find that, Jill. Zach Attack. <laughs> well, we'll see. Get on that. <laughs> this is uh, Matt Resch. I am the owner of Resch Strategies. Uh, we are a public affairs and a public relations firm. Uh, headquartered in downtown Lansing, Michigan. We bring this whole podcast every other Thursday. Uh, you can find us on rest, at reststrategies.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at reststrategies. And all of these podcasts are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and they're also on our website. Um, we have a Twitter account for this whole podcast at Cold Oatmeal Pod. So before we go any further, let's go around the room. Who do we have here? Carly Buell. Carly's here. Joe Bashy. Nikki O'Mara. Act of God has gotten Joe here. We will talk yep. about this in a bit, mm-hmm. but it was hit or hit, hit or miss. Literally. On whether or not he could be here. <laughs> <laughs> so this week on the podcast, Zach Gorchow. Um, I think we, we talk about this with him in a second, but Zach was our last. Zach's been on a lot. A lot. So let's go through. Zach was... He was our pilot guest. He was the first guest who's ever been on this podcast. Um, he's been on with our, our buddy Dave Eggert from the AP. He was a Golden Turkey participant, I believe, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. At Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been on uh, with Corey, uh, Corey Schmidt, uh, the political science professor from MSU. And that was the last episode that we did before uh, the COVID shutdown 14 months ago. So Zach is back with us. We're checking in with him on what the last 14 years, 14 months feels like. It's felt years. like years, though. Well, that's what the last 14 months have been like for Zach and his life and then reporting in, in Lansing. And then we, uh, we talk about Joe and his life or death and his commitment to his, the, the, the podcast here. It's quite something you don't want to miss it. Zach Gorchow. Okay. Well, Zach Gorchow from Gong Renew Service. Thanks for being with us. Good to be here. Yeah. We appreciate always friend of the pod, Zach Gorchow. I think, <laughs> 
uh, when when we put the Hall of Fame together of of friends of the podcast, Zach will be a, a, an original inductee. We are counting the episodes that he was on. I think this is your fifth, maybe sixth time. Wow. It's, That's like more it's an honor as always. Stephanie. Yeah. It's more than Stephanie's been on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so we we're just we were just chatting before we started recording. You are you are were our last guest before um, you and, and uh, Corey Smith from MSU were our last guests before we locked down uh, 14, 15 months ago. Uh, right, I think it was right before the the Michigan presidential primary, right? Wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you- we were talking about what we thought might happen in the primary, and um, you know, we didn't. You know, I don't think we really realized what was bearing down on us, and was going to upend everything. No, just a happy-go-lucky political podcast. All we were about. <laughs> Little did we know. Yep. So it, since it's been so long, I did want to run through some questions. I, we can talk a little bit about your day job, too, and the things that are happening here if, if we get bored with this other stuff. But um, I wanted to, since it's been a 14 months since we talked, I wanted to check in on a couple of things with you. Um, what is the best show or movie that you have discovered and watched during your COVID lockdown? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, I really liked WandaVision. I thought that was really good. Oh, really? Um, I haven't watched that at all, but it's piqued that on my interest. My kids Disney. and my wife, Jennifer, really are into the Marvel movies, and they've gotten me into it. I thought WandaVision was really good. Um, what else? I think like everybody, I watched Tiger King. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that happened. That's um, a lifetime my my wife and I are rewatching Alias, which is a show that was on ABC about 20 years ago that we adored. And uh, we just decided for the heck of it, we were going to start watching it again. And so that was sort of a rediscover. That's been fun to watch again. Um, what else? Uh, we were watching a movie with the kids the other night called The Mitchells versus the Machines. That's a Netflix original. That's hilarious. Is that good? I've, I heard someone. Say it is. Good. It's really good. It's really good. Um, so there's there's a few right there. What is the what is Wanda? I don't even know what that is. It's not about a person <laughs> named Wanda, I'm guessing. So this is going to sound like so embarrassing. Anyone out there who's really a Marvel person is going to be horrified at me, my attempt to ex- explain this. My <laughs> kids in particular. What a podcast! But um, yeah, one of the characters in the Marvel movies is uh, Wanda, who is like a Scarlet Witch, that has all kinds of powers. And what they did was they created a, a, net, um, a Disney Plus series that was either it was eight episodes, eight to 10 episodes, um, chronicling her sort of with her husband, the Vision, which is uh, not a human, form, not a human. I don't want to call it a robot because that's not what it is. Um, again, I'm embarrassing myself with my lack of Marvel knowledge and attempts to explain this, but um, the idea is. Uh, sounds Wanda creates so her own <laughs> world, essentially her own town. And they start out by it, the setting is old TV shows. So first they're in the fifties and it looks like leave it to beaver. Then they're in the sixties. Uh, then they're in the seventies and it looks like the Brady bunch. Uh, then they're in the eighties and it kind of nineties, it sort of has like a family ties, growing pains feel. So it sort of moves up through those phases and then it sort of moves into more of your classic Marvel action movie. Um, and it's just really creative the way they did the old, you know, modeling after these old shows. 
it was very different. Really enjoyed it. I do think you kind of got to see the Marvel movies to really appreciate all the Easter eggs that are in there. Uh, that said, I think I think you could probably watch it and still enjoy it. You may just not be able to appreciate all the little elements there. You know, Nick would <clears throat> Nick would yell at me about this. I I haven't seen any of the Marvel movies. Um, but I was tricked by my kids into getting Disney Plus over the weekend. Oh yeah, and I didn't realize that they're all there. Mm-hmm. So if I ever wanted, yeah, them, are most of them are there except the Spider-Man movies. I my daughter Isabel could explain why Disney and Marvel <laughs> and some other entity are arguing over who has license to the Spider-Man movies, but everything else is there. Yeah, no. Owen wanted to watch a movie and came in and said, "Can we get this?" And I thought I was like. Like just like purchasing yeah. like a, that's at least the, like one of the cheaper ones like it's yeah it's what, there's like a lot six there. bucks a month or something yeah yeah it's, there's a ton you there. got all the star wars movies i think they just put up all of the original muppet show tv shows you love the muppets i do love the muppets. which go. is great i will say there were a couple <laughs> there was an episode with steve martin that i watched that i thought well that would never be put on the air today <laughs> some of the jokes were well you know they were of the 70s let's put it that way <laughs> But it was that was a nice little nostalgic trip. This do you have? I love the Muppets. Do you have? Uh, I guess was it? Is it Apple TV? I'm trying That's to... like the one I don't have. Apple TV Plus. Have yeah. Have. That has okay. Apple so Plus. I left out something huge. Ted Lasso. Okay. Yes. Yep. There you go. There you Ted go. Lasso, incredible mm-hmm. on Apple TV Plus. I, I, I think like everybody, I was just blown away. So good. Um, just, there's not much else there it. on Apple TV Plus though. There's the morning <laughs> show. Yep. Ted Lasso, not much else. We just finished Ted Lasso as a family, and it was it, it is hilarious. Owen actually watched it, and I didn't yeah. see it um, at the time. And then Brenda wanted to watch it, so we started watching it. And though, even though it was completely inappropriate for Cooper, <laughs> I just couldn't bear. It. I just couldn't even kick him out of the room because I'm like, I just yeah. <laughs> was it? I felt like that was a pretty wholesome show. The, the language is a little. The language is a little salty. Cooper doesn't need any encourage, encouragement in that. In that. <laughs> How old is Cooper now? He's ten. Oh, okay. He's 10. I don't know what the rules are. You're not a parent. It's yeah. fine. I'm not at all. <laughs> I'm not so, even a little bit. <laughs> so Zach, if you have if you have Apple TV, have you did you watch Greyhound? The Tom Hanks. I've not seen Greyhound. No. I think you you got to watch Greyhound. I think you. Would. Okay. I think that is a, if you're you don't even have to be a Tom Hanks fan, but that would. Oh be. well, I am. So that would probably a, be a, a guaranteed hit. I would guess. It is a good. We watched that many 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 times uh, last year. So check that one out. Okay, so moving on from this, I'm curious, what's the farthest you've traveled this year? Let's see, the farthest we've traveled since the pandemic, uh, we visited my sister and brother. We, we did two long driving trips. We did a trip to Norfolk, where my uh, sister and brother-in-law live. And we also did sort of a remote work, remote school trip back in like, early October to my sister-in-law who lives near um, Monroe, Connecticut. Um, You know, it was, it was weird traveling to say the least. Uh, You know, you pretty much, you know, in the past we would stop and eat somewhere. And this time it was just sort of drive through. Uh, We had to be really strategic about where to, where to stop. Um, And of course, you know, you're pretty much saying, okay, we're only doing outside things. Um, and, you know, we're getting, you know, doing tests and, and making sure we're all symptom free. So, you know, we, it, it was, it was difficult. It was anything but your traditional trip. Um, 
you know, but I think we were able to do it in a way where we, you know, kept ourselves and others around us safe. Um, and it was good to see, um, uh, you know, my sister-in-law, brother-in-law and niece and nephew and uh, my sister and brother-in-law and, uh, and our niece. Um, the other trip we did, which wasn't as far, but it was sort of like in June. So like this was June of last year. We went to a state park in Virginia called Douthat State Park. Basically, we got two cabins in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere. We sort of figured, well, and during a pandemic, this is <laughs> this is the this is the socially distanced, safe trip, and that was that was a really good experience. Uh, we were able to, you know, get away for a while, and um, you know, I think we did it in a safe way. So. The one thing I discovered in a couple of the few, couple of trips we did is that you had to totally recalculate how you stopped for food. Yes. Because you couldn't go to the bathroom anywhere. Right. And you would think, oh, you know, we'll just stop in the drive through or we'll run right. in and grab something. You couldn't no. run into any place. And so like there was like I remember some place we stopped on the way to Alabama and there was like an Applebee's that let their bathroom be open. But it was the only restaurant on the stretch that had people in. Yeah. <laughs> A line outside of no bathroom. it's oh. really tough yeah anyway hmm. could always use a gas station bathroom those are always available yeah. that is what we ended up doing which you know hey hey it's anything's better than a michigan bathroom. rest area yep. let's put it that way <laughs> right yeah so your best takeout place for food where did the gorchas go did you just discover well we did i would say i mean boy we we went takeout like crazy you know we were worried about a lot of our you know, you know, not just our favorite restaurants, but all these employees who are, you know, just sort of clinging to their jobs. Um, so we did a ton of takeout. Um, I would say the two places we really leaned heavily on would be Steakhouse Philly, which is a, a great uh, restaurant in, I believe it has the best plate of food in Lansing, if you get the Half Moon Hash. Oh, um, <laughs> that was a very definitive. I'm going to stand on that. It's uh, <laughs> the best hash browns I've ever had. Combine it with eggs, the best gyro meat in town, um, onions, uh, cheese, uh, green peppers. It's incredible. It's so huge, too. Um, but the great thing about Steakhouse Philly is they have this, like, drive-through window they don't use it as a drive-through but you just go up to the window they hand the food to you through there so that was really great worked out well for them every time you say um, that I keep, think, place, I keep thinking of a boys, boys yeah. to men every time you keep saying steakhouse philly no i know it's not steakhouse <laughs> philly nikki but I, that's what i keep thinking about every time he says for those who are unfamiliar it's down on kalamazoo just east of 127 i i really do highly recommend it um, the other place, this is comical because I went to Michigan State University. I have essentially lived here all but four years since 1999. And a place that I had barely gone to was Crunchy's, which is probably sacrilegious for a, an MSU <laughs> graduate. But since the pandemic, we have, I mean, we have eaten so much Crunchy's. Uh, we've, you know, really, you know, great burger, obviously, the tots. Uh, chicken sandwich is good. I mean, everything there is the pizza. Nugget, everything there is great. So I I'd, always, we, I'd always just gotten burgers there. And then I discovered the pizza once and thought this is, yeah, this mm -hmm. is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So those would be two. I would say we really went 
they they have uh, they have gotten a lot of business from us. Excellent. Um, COVID habit that you have picked up that you never want to change. That makes sense. Yes. Um, boy, that's a good one. I think you know what it is. I think it's been um, being home at dinner time with the family. You know, as a you know, I think probably a lot of jobs, but especially reporters. And especially if you're doing editing, you know, I would usually get home around seven, seven thirty. Family would pretty much have eaten, and I was eating what you know, whatever you know, I was reheating whatever there was. Um, and you know, now it's been, I'll, you know, eat with everybody, um, and then finish work if there's still work to be finished, which usually there is uh, afterward. Um, so you know, I've. I think that's been good. I don't know that I've learned a lot more about what my kids are doing because if I ask them how their day went, I usually get fine. Anything interesting happened? No. What was the most interesting thing that happened in school today? Nothing. So <laughs> nonetheless, that time together is good. Um, and, uh, you know, we were talking this week, you know, with the staff that we're going to start, you know, I think next Monday we'll reopen the office. We've been having one person in the office a day uh, for about the last nine to 10 months, 11 months, uh, just to make sure phones were getting answered and mail was getting picked up. Um, but we're going to start reopening the office next week, um, and start having more of a presence there again. But I think one thing we, we, we've decided is, you know, people, once they file their stories, they want to go home and edit from home. That's fine. We're going to do that. Um, you know, uh, same with Friday, you know, Fridays, there's really right now, no reason we can't just make Friday a work from home day. Um, so I think those are kinds of things like trying to get, you know, better, just a little bit better work, work life balance. Um, you know, that's not to say that because of the news cycle being what it was, there've been many nights uh, where, yeah, I ate dinner at a normal time and then worked until 10 p.m after that which so let me that ask i would you, like to end if possible is a is a friday afternoon news dump more annoying if it happens when you're at home or if it happens when you're at the office oh it, i don't know that it's more or less annoying it's it really depends on the circumstances you know uh i think when the one of the ones that made me just shake my head like i can't believe it when the supreme court decision uh ruling that the the law the governor was relying on to keep the state under a state of emergency. They ruled that to be unconstitutional. That came in at like sometime between 4.30 and 5.30 PM. And uh, my wife and I were just getting ready to go leave, to go up North for like a fall color tour. Um, you know, we, we had never done this before. We thought, you know, this would be a good time to do it. It's, you know, again, we're in our car like the whole time and it's outside. So this seems like the year to try that. Um, and it was sort of like, instead of being, you know, we go, we do get out the door and instead I'm, you know, editing the whole drive up in the car. <laughs> it's just like, you've got to be kidding me. Why, why now? Um, you know, it all just depends on what the circumstances are. If there's, if we have nothing going on on a Friday, it's just annoying. If, if there are, some type of plans if we were planning to you know like i mentioned wandavision that the new episodes came out on friday and i can remember some times where my kids were getting after me like dad stop working we're gonna watch wandavision so 
it'll be interesting to see how this, and I'd be curious how it works for reporters, but for everybody, as people kind of phase back in at different speeds, things are going to start to happen in person and some things are going to be online and it's a whole new level of trying to figure out where you got to be. Cause I right. think we just assumed forever that it was going to be an online thing. And now there are things that are happening in person. Anyway, that's the B. And I would think for reporters trying to figure out what you need to be to be at physically and what you can watch from a distance and what's going to be available online. Right. To watch is going to yeah. I mean, it could get to a point. Well, I would, I would not could it probably will get to a point where there won't be some of the same remote options. I will say one thing I really hope if there's one thing in terms of a reporting perspective, I hope continues is the streaming of court hearings, uh, particularly at, particularly at the federal level, because right now, uh, or at least prior to the pandemic, the only way to cover a federal court hearing was to send a reporter to the courthouse in Detroit or the one in Grand Rapids. And there's very strict limits on the kinds of technology you can bring and communications devices you can bring in to those buildings. Um, you can't you bring recording devices uh, into the building. So to, to be able to say to a reporter, hey, we're not gonna have to burn three hours of somebody just being in the car to go to Detroit or Grand Rapids um, has been, fan, you know, that's been a fantastic development. I hope that continues. And I would say the same for like the, you know, Michigan, you know, circuit courts, court of claims, you know, we hearings that have involved the, the plot involving the governor. Uh, there have been hearings at the, I think the Jackson circuit court, the Antrim circuit court, and to be able to watch those or have a reporter watch those from the from Lansing has been an incredible efficiency. Um, so I hope I really hope that continues. But I suspect the kinds of like the press conferences and sort of the routine Lansing activities that we're going to, you know, those are going to be in-person events again. And, you know, we want them, you know, we need to get our people back there in person. Uh, you know, we need to be visible again. Um, you know, now that uh, you know, vaccinations are out there and um, people are vaccinated. Um, you know, our reporters, a number of whom are relatively new to town, need to be seen again now that it's safe to do so. Um, so, you know, I think it'll be a phase in kind of process. Um, but like you, I'm just sort of, you know, watching and seeing how is this going to develop? Uh, we'll see. So how about the COVID habit that you hate the most and wish would have ended long ago? Oh, COVID. I got mine. The, okay. Well, <laughs> well, Zach is thinking, what's yours? Staff, zoom calls when meetings? you don't need to have a zoom call. Can it just be on the phone? Can it just, can it just be a phone call? I had a call. I had a call earlier today and I just assumed it was a, a zoom call. Mm-hmm. I came to the office. I actually wore a shirt. Like a, like a real That's shirt <laughs> and thinking I was going to be on camera and I went to go find the link and it was a conference call. That's and nice. I thanked, that is nice. I thanked them. I said, thank you so much. Yeah. This is just a conference call. This is great. I don't know if this is a COVID habit, but it's what came to mind. I, the, the thing I found really difficult and onerous to cover remotely was election nights. That not having everybody in the newsroom, not being able to just walk down to someone's office as things were happening. Really difficult, didn't like it. You know, there's there's sort of a magic, I think, in the newsroom on election nights. Um, and I thought that, you know, was very difficult 
Um, here's the, I, I guess the other thing I, you know, we're going to have to adjust on the same vein is if we're sort of moving into this permanent in realm where most, you know, half the vote or more is going to come and be an absentee ballot, we're going to have to adjust to election week or election days, not election night, uh, unless uh, the legislature and the governor agree to let clerks start counting process, processing and counting ballots before election day, um, like Florida does. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, it was really weird planning for election night in November and basically saying, you know, creating two shifts. You know, usually it would be everybody's on until the report's published 5.30, 6 a.m. This time we had said, okay, half the staff's going to stay up until 5.30. The other half's going to go to sleep at like 1, 12.30, 1 o'clock and get up at 5.30. Um, and that was, that was a challenge. Uh, you know, it was, you know, I was one of the ones who went to sleep. And let me tell you, it's, it's not easy trying to settle down and go to sleep when you know when there's so much unknown at that point. So, um, you know, I don't know if that really answers your question, but I, I, I guess I would say I, I, I prefer the old, the old way on election night, uh, if at all possible. So I pulled my, I pulled my wife last night about questions she wanted to ask Zach. <laughs> and it, remarkably, she did not miss a beat and just said, Ask him what his feelings are about Groundhog Day. And it struck me as like, as, as weatherman that you are. Oh, she's <laughs> like your feelings about the weather and Groundhog. I'm assuming that's what she's talking about. The actual holiday, not the movie. The actual holiday, Groundhog Day. I think, I, I think it's mildly charming and way overblown. <laughs> uh, unless you live in Punxsutawney. Uh, I, I, I'm always just amazed that there's as much attention that's paid to it, but Hey, uh, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. If that's what you're wondering, really. I don't see it as some offense to meteorology. Um, but I, I will admit, I kind of roll my eyes whenever they, you know, announce, well, the groundhog saw his shadow. And I don't know if then that happens, if that's six more weeks of winter or not, but, uh, I roll my eyes and just say, you know what? We're getting six more weeks of winter, no matter what. So as someone is cute, as someone who is so keenly aware of, of the weather and following the weather was being able to stay at home and out of the elements, a good thing or a bad thing. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I'd say it's, it was a good, I, I, I would say being home was good because it meant a, we, my wife and I did a lot more walking than we would have, we, you know, it was so mild in December and January um, that I found being home was much more conducive. Like, okay, need a break at some point during the day. Let's let's go for a walk. Um, uh, we've got a puppy now, so this has been conducive to uh, you know him being out and about and not crated up. Uh, we can go for walks with him, um, and uh, uh, yeah, overall, yeah, I think that's been good. Um, other, as opposed to just being planted in my office on a chair for however many hours, a lot more movement, moving around. So I don't, I, I don't want people to think that we asked you to come on the podcast so that we could ask you stupid questions for 35 minutes, <laughs> but um, wh what are your predictions that, you know, as a, one of the top political 
uh, reporters in the state not to not to waste your time on these things. But what are your predictions? We got we're heading into the end of not the end the 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 heat of the budget cycle. Um, the governor continues to be on the front page of the papers a lot lately for things. How are th- how are you? What's the temperature like at the Capitol right now from your standpoint? Well, um, I, I think, I don't know, I guess you'd call it really frosty would probably be the way to put it. Um, you know, the, the governor and Senate Majority Leader Shirky, you know, that's a you know, pretty bad relationship. Uh, I think you know, it's been discussed ad nauseum. It's just, it's like oil and water. Um, you know, not a lot's gone right there. Uh, and now we have a new speaker, Jason Wentworth. And, you know, it's interesting for all the problems between Shirky and Whitmer, the, th- the three of them, including Wentworth, did get into discussions about sort of a grand bargain on the budget and uh, pandemic orders and reopening the state. And it all kind of blew apart, apparently because the governor announced one component of it um, that and Shirky and Wentworth thought this would be everything negotiated and finalized together. So ever since then, it's really frosty. There's no real indication whether it's going to be a collaborative budget process or yet another example of the Republican legislature throwing a budget on the governor's desk without her input and then her issuing all sorts of line item vetoes. And it's just another huge mess. Um, you know, I think I think the governor, you, I think you alluded to this a little bit, the, the governor's in a bad spot right now uh, with, you know, the trip to, to Florida. Um, you know, I, I, I have a blog that'll have come out by the time this, this gets uh, put on the air. Um, but I, I really did feel like initially that was a total non-story um, that she was going to visit her father. So what? He's ill. There were no travel limits in place. Uh, her comments, of, you know, she was asked about if she was concerned about people from Michigan traveling to Florida for spring break. Was she concerned? And she said she was, but she also didn't say don't go. There's a big difference, in my opinion, between hunkering down with an ailing relative and going to Florida on spring break and hitting the Daytona, Miami bar and party scene. I don't think those are equivalent experiences. Having said all that, um, this whole business of the flight and using a plane owned by some of the state's most prominent business executives who have significant uh, regulatory and permitting matters before state government, I think was a major, um, major error by the governor and her staff. Um, you know, even though they've now said they used a, her nonprofit fund to pay for the flight, you know, somebody on the governor's staff asked to use this flight, use the plane. Uh, and if you're a business executive, you know, how do you say no to that? I, it really does feel like, a, you know, asking a favor, um, which I don't think is a good position to put a business with matters before the state in, nor a good position to put the state in. Um, and, you know, then there's the question of, was this an appropriate use under tax rules of the nonprofit um, to pay for a personal trip? You know, the governor's office is saying they believe it complied with the law. Uh, I'm not an expert on nonprofits and the IRS, but it's pretty clear if you look at the, the fund's mission statement, you know, a personal trip to visit an alien relative, no matter how justified, doesn't fit within the mission of the fund. 
Um, so that to me has become a really significant problem for her. And as bad, it's just how badly the, the administration has handled it. They, they've, they tried to keep it under wraps, it leaked out. I mean, if there's one thing people just are amazed by, it's like who on the governor's staff thought using a plane owned by some of the state's top Republican donors was not gonna come out. I mean, you know, these folks talk and you think they're really not gonna tell somebody that the Democratic governor flew on their jet? Right. Um, they should have known this was gonna come out and, and just, you know, she got back on the 15th of March, March 16th, she should have had a news briefing and just laid it all out there. So I had this thought and like, tell me if you think this is crazy. And it's obviously easy to think back and say, I, I would have, <clears throat> I would have done it differently um, then without knowing how things were going to play out. But in my mind, lean into it and say, I'm the governor. I've had this attempt at my life, you know, attempted and foiled. Uh, there are security concerns. Right. The state of Michigan has planes, right? We still have planes. Yeah. Just take a state police plane down there and say, I'm on, I'm the governor, I'm, I'm traveling to, and I will reimburse the state for the cost of the flight out of, out of private raised funds. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they probably thought, oh, we can't take a state plane, but I'm thinking now if that were the, I mean, you're not going to get to Florida in a state plane in an hour and 50 minutes like you are in the, the jet, but it'd be a little longer, but I've thought that a couple of times, like if you just had taken a state plane and done it that way, this probably wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. I, I like I said, I mean, the trip in, in my mind, this was like, I, I, at first I was like, this is a non-story. Why is, you know, I mean, I knew why people, you know, other news organizations were jumping at it. Um, but the one thing that was nagging was how she got down there, especially when they refused to say, uh, and they didn't see how long she was down there for a while. Then they provided kind of confusing slash misleading information about how long she was there. I mean, like you said, I think if they had just leaned into it, um, yes, they would have probably had a lot of grousing about the use of the state plane. But if she had, you know, cut a check for the cost of the fuel and the time, um, which for a state plane, I don't think, you know, I think you could have had a much less significant cost than the 27 grand of using this Gulf Stream. Um, it's probably something the governor could have just cut from her own, you know, personal funds um, um, or even made a better case of using the nonprofits. It's, it would have been using, you know, state property to go and to, to defray taxpayer expense, which is the idea behind the fund. Um, yeah, it's just there's a lot of things that they could have should have done differently and it wouldn't be as big a problem as it is for them right now. Um, and they, you know, they still aren't answering all the questions on it. You know, why this was an acceptable use of the fund, um, who asked to use the plane, if, you know, why they believe this was appropriate to ask, uh, someone, you know, the Nicholson's who own PBS chemicals and are heavily regulated by the department of energy, great lakes, and the environment the planes also owned by the maroon family, which has a huge request pending before the Michigan Department of Transportation uh, to allow the transportation of hazardous materials over the Ambassador Bridge. The state for a long time has said, no, you can't do that. Uh, it's reviewing their request to do so. I, I mean, someone should have looked at this and just said, no, we, we, this, <laughs> we, can't, this is, we can't go down this road. 
we got to find another way to get the governor to see your father. Right. What else can we do that's secure and safe to protect her? Because like you said, the idea, you know, it's not like she could have just piled in a, you know, piling in a state police SUV and making the 18 hour drive. I don't think anyone would think that's a good idea. And it's also apparent uh, that, you know, flying commercial is not a realistic option either from a security standpoint. So I think your idea is not a, not a bad one. Um, would I, you know, there's no doubt that she would have gotten some grief about it, but I also think it could have been a one day story mm-hmm. if they had announced it all, put it all out there on March 16th and that's done. <laughs> so <laughs> unlike one last, this month long story. Right. So one last question, then we'll get, <clears throat> let's get back to the, to the puppy. Um, <laughs> do you think, uh, James Craig will end up being the nominee for the Republicans? James Craig, the well, now retired, um, yeah. soon to be retired police chief, uh, announced last week he's retiring. Speculation he's going to run for governor as a Republican. Um, do you think this is one of these things that catches a buzz 18 months out and fizzles, or is this going to be? Is he going to be it? This, I mean, this is going to be a cop out answer, but I, I'll explain why. I'm going to say it's 50 50, and the reason I say that is because we need to see how he does as a candidate. In my mind, it's there's just as good a chance that he's he'll go out on the trail and do a great job, put everyone at ease, so he can, uh, you know, campaign well, relate well to people, give a good speech, um, make the fundraising calls, get everybody to rally around him. I think there's just as good a chance of that as him falling on his face, you know, becoming you know gaff fest. Uh, you know, is this, you know, turn into, you know. Rick, is it Rick Snyder who gets better as he goes along on the trail and ends up becoming a pretty good candidate? Or does this turn into like Michael Bloomberg or, you know, Wes Clark for anyone who remembers his ill-fated presidential campaign from 2004, where it's just, you know, just super awkward, nothing goes right. And right now I have no idea which way that's going to go. And that's why I say 50-50. Right. Um, because if Craig falters this summer, if he does, you know, doesn't do, you know, if he just seems like he's you know, making gaffes, um, if he's running it, you know, running into trouble with the Republican base, you know, what if he starts going around to uh, the, the Lincoln Reagan day circuit dinner circuit and some of his answers don't satisfy the Republican base, particularly on what happened in the 2020 election. Um, he could, you know, there could be a lot of cat calls. It could be a really ugly scene. Um, you know, Ron Weiser got a bunch of that uh, earlier this year. Um, and you could see then, you know, some of these bigger Republican names, you know, sort of sitting on the sidelines saying, okay, it's not working. He's faltering. This isn't going to work. I'm getting into the race. Um, by the same point, if he just comes out and crushes it, and it's like, oh, wow, this, you know, James Craig is just absolutely a dynamic candidate who has captured the imagination of, you know, the Republican electorate. Everyone, I think, will stay out, not get into it. Um, but you can't tell if he falters, and this is a mess. There's no way that the funders and organizers of the Republican Party are just going to sit back and say, "Okay, this is our person. We're not going to try to get somebody else uh, to run." So, and I, I don't think we're going to know the answer to that question for for a few months. Yeah, I think it's interesting to me, and I'm open to be con- open to being convinced about this and his candidacy i just don't know anything really about him other than uh his is the job he's coming from but it it struck me that there was such 
um, excitement might be a stretch, but I would say that really this, the sole characteristic he seems to strike to me for someone who doesn't know his background or his policy stand, stance is that he's been on Fox News a lot. And that <laughs> right. the, the Republican yeah. base in the course of a weekend thought, oh, great, we've got our guy because I saw him on Fox. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they're, they don't have, a deep bench right now. They don't have an attorney general. They don't have a secretary of state. Um, you know, there's not a natural member of Congress to step forward and run. Maybe reapportionment if someone gets hosed there changes that. Um, you know, Candace Miller said no. John James hasn't said. So there's a bit of there's a void there, and I think that's what led to, you know, people, you know, some of the Republican organizers going to James Craig and saying, "What do you think?" Uh, we'll help you out because if you look at the people who have formed committees to run for governor as Republicans, I mean, it's a real fringe cast of characters um, that, you know, would lead the party to major trouble next November. So. Well, Zach, I appreciate you coming by this afternoon, helping us out on the pod podcast. Always happy to be here. It's good to talk to all of you. We've, we had a, we had your golden jacket made up for your sixth appearance, but <laughs> it's here in the office. So we will have to, I'll swing by to pick it up to uh, save this for week. Yourself. How about that? There you go. <laughs> Zach Gorchow, Gong Renew Service. And we'll be right back. with us joe you're with yep. us i was i kept trying to keep an eye so for for those who don't know we're taping this on a what day is today i don't ask joe because he tuesday. won't know it's tuesday tuesday afternoon and just to show that the dedication that that this guy has to this cold endeavor, oatmeal cold oatmeal it's it's literally a, a life driving moment <laughs> because you your car flipped you you were t-boned yeah, no, by yeah crazy I, was, I was t-boned um, and flipped your car totaled your yep, car dangling car. dangling upside down with a bloody head there i can see blood on his shirt from right here a mere two hours ago and yet and so he calls he me is. he calls me and as the the concerned boss that i am i i sent his call to Ignored voicemail his call. because <laughs> <laughs> because I, I but i knew i knew something was up because carly called me and i sent oh, okay. her a voicemail and then like seven minutes later you called and i thought something something's wrong something something's not right so um, and then <laughs> but carly, you still sent him the voicemail. <laughs> yep i did um but so then I, I get on the phone with you i ask are you okay and you're like was yeah. this, you hadn't talked to her she told me yeah okay i was standing outside her office so she okay. told me that what had happened but i call you up ask if you're doing okay and then I'm like, are you coming in still? And, <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, can you do the podcast and just record it? And I'll edit it later. Well, I don't know how to do that. So if you could come oh in. Oh, my that'd be, God. That'd be great. <gasps> I did not say could no, you come in. He didn't say it like you, that. Oh, my God. Matt said, <laughs> Matt said, I don't think I know how to do that. We'll just reschedule it. We won't That's do it I today. That sounds uh, more accurate. And but... Joe was like, oh, no, no, I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> He's yeah. like, are you sure? The best part was that she can, she could hear it from my phone. I'm standing like 15 feet away from Carly can hear her, him yelling and no, 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 I'm coming. I'm, I'm like, no, you're not. You're not coming. You're delirious. You're, you're I, <laughs> I literally fine. said out loud, what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like you were, were you standing on the side of the road when we were having this conversation? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I, you were one of many calls I had to make. So. <laughs>
he calls me he's like hey uh i got hit my car's upside down uh tell matt i can't come i'm like hold on are you okay <laughs> well that Back was up. that was one of my first calls and that was like really i was still like you were dealing with people up. yeah um yeah, pretty wild. The paramedics um, are telling me I got to sit down. <laughs> I got to be to the podcast. I'm, I'm recording a podcast. I got to get there. You don't understand. It's like oh. life is so chaotic. It's the one thing he can control is the podcast. <laughs> well, it wasn't my fault. So um, I just want to make sure that's clear and known. So, yeah, not cool. I got to get in a car. That sucks. So if you'd yeah. like to, um, if, if like, anyone has a car they're selling, they have a crap. <laughs> donate to the GoFundMe. Yeah, the yeah. GoFundMe yeah. for Joe. We get, we get Venmo in some money. We, get, we need to set up a cold oatmeal account on Venmo <laughs> so people can send in money. I mean, that'd be cool. But also just use cars like tweet at us or something because, yeah, like, I don't want to deal with finding one. That's going to suck. Okay, so that's that's your mission, cold oatmeal listeners. Find Joe a car. What kind of car do you want? The older, the I, better. He had the best car. I know. Uh, what I, old Jeep what I want is just what I had. So if someone has like a 1999, 2000, something like that, just Jeep Cherokee, Jeep Cherokee Sport. With horrible gas mileage. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, what and, we're looking for. And here are the criteria. The, the, tail, the back door, the tailgate um, can't stay up on its own. Yeah, but I don't care. You if have to have works. a stick in it to hold it up, right? That comes. Yeah. That's part of the car. The ceiling has the to be ceiling pinned up. The ceiling has to be falling it. down on your head <laughs> yes. and pinned up. That's another thing about the car it has to has to have that. What else? What other what other features? Did um, the car have? I mean, you can't get out from the back. Mm -hmm. Like if you're if you're a passenger in the, in the back, back you can't like let yourself out. So that would have been bad <laughs> had I had a car full of people. God, it'd still be dang, <laughs> it'd still be dangling there. Now. We would have really had to postpone the podcast. Yeah, that would have been bad. The jaws of life to get people out of your car. Oh However, gosh. that car was going to go for a while. Like I had no plans to be done with it. So it was good. I want another one. Okay. So a 99 Jeep Cherokee, do you have a color preference? Yours no, is black, right? I'll take, I'll take anything that's not like totally rusted out. But yeah. Are you going to take the Notre Dame sticker off the back window and save that? No, we're throwing that or away. Is that a license plate? Is it a license plate <laughs> or a sticker? I got a sticker and a license plate. <laughs> That'll stay in the junkyard with, her, with the car. So the best part is that Carly gets to chauffeur Joe around now until we can find him a car. <laughs> yep. Lucky you. <laughs> It'll be fun. Can't wait. Just keep an eye on him because if his, you know, he starts to twitch. I was. I know. Uh, during the old time, Zach was talking. Do you see Joe? He's well, like, I do. Like he's like stretching things. I he's do, like trying. To, like, I can do, I still move my shoulder? I know. I do, like have I like feel like something needs to crack, and it's just like I need, I need someone to work on me. But I think I'm fine. <laughs> we're gonna, so did the woman who hit you? Did doctor. she get arrested? I think she did. Yeah, she was like way like arrested. arrested? I think so. I think that's what someone told me. Yeah. What? Why? I don't know. She may have been like hired something. Oh she my was, was fucking weird. Um, yeah, she was like a solid hundred yards up the street for me. She was, but she hit me, and I don't know how she kept going. But I think she must have just kind of clipped me. But I guess she was going like I don't know, sixty miles an hour. She's going pretty fast, and then she hit me, and then lost control, and then like I guess ran up the curb and. Uh, hit a tree or something. Did and, you uh, flip or did you just like go on your side? I, I it? fell on my side. I have a picture. I'll show you. Oh, sweet. Um, we can use that for the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't have to take one. But yeah, so I was, Zach didn't come so was, <laughs> for us to take a picture. I was, uh, I was just flipped up on my uh, my uh, driver's side. So was it like a slow flip oh, or was dang. it like was who it took the picture? My friend. Mark. Oh yeah. There you go. Dude. 
So was it a slow, like, did, you, did it kind of go? <laughs> kind of. Well, it was like a, a fast, violent flip. It was, it felt slow. And it's like, it was so weird because I'm just turning. And I'm like, okay, well, this is a turn. This is a left turn. I've made hundreds of thousands of these. Um, and then I never saw anything. I never really heard anything. But then I just kind of like, uh, I feel like I kind of like went the other way, rocked the other way, and then rocked back and then came on my side. And I was like, what the fuck and i was just like <laughs> i'm on my side i'm buckled in and i'm like okay well i think i'm fucking fine and i'm like looking around and just kind of like checking myself and then i like i struggled to get unbuckled but i did and then um uh, kind of pop up and like there's all kinds of people around and like everyone there was like okay like you should like take it easy. I'm like, you no, I'm fine. You should go to work right now. <laughs> There's a but podcast they, uh, to be done. They, uh, everyone was really nice. And some dude like insisted I like get on his shoulders to get out. And like, it, it was nice. What? Did you know this person? No, he was just like a, a guy. And, then he, and then he like, he hoisted me out <laughs> and then like took me over the curb and was like, you need to sit down. I'm like, all right, Aww. man, I'm fine. Um, and then, um, one of the cop women who, uh, was like taking my statement. So one of them, jumped up there because i lost my glasses flew off my face and i asked if someone could go find them and uh the cop that was up there digging around i was like oh there's also a baseball glove you want me to get this and i did and then because you needed that right there. well it's like i, I don't want to lose it um and then the other cop who i was talking with was like oh you play baseball and i was like well we play catch when i was 12 <laughs> <laughs> we play catch and we got talking about it and um Anyway, she gave me her phone number. Like she texted me earlier. It's like, it's, so you're hanging out it's whoever. And I'm not, like, let's play catch. So. <laughs> so I need to fight someone. Yeah. I'm hearing a, from a, cop, that. a cop who likes baseball, apparently. Well, well if so. Carly ever doesn't want to drive you around. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, the cop officer, whatever. Um, so, yeah. Cool well, I'm day. glad you're I'm glad you're safe. I'm yeah. Glad you're safe. Me too. That's good. And I'm sorry about your car. Yeah, me too. Thank you for coming in. You're welcome. Dedicated employee. That's right. Employee of the month. Don't ever say I don't care about work. <laughs> um, we knew you cared about the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. And thank you to Zach uh, for coming in, helping us out this week on the podcast. Um, you've been listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. This is Resh Strat Matt Resh of Resh Strategy. See, I got all the way through to the last Who is it? There you go. Who is it? Who is it? Where are we? Steaktown, Philly. There you go. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.